Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Devin Peacock is here. Time for sports. British Open. Let's congratulate Shane Lowry. Yeah, he's uh, 32 years old. Won his first major. Won it by six strokes. He walked away with it. And it was a, a very cool story where he was talking after he won. You know, he's gone into some other, like, Irish golf legends houses who have won us in the past. They've got the uh, the Open Championship sitting in their kitchen, and now he can have one of his own and people come over to visit him. Is that where he's going to keep it, his kitchen? That's what, he's, that's what he was saying. Cool. Put a little ranch dressing in there. <laughs> <laughs> or use it as a, is it a cup? Can you put like all your spatulas? Because that's how it's like, where do you put the wooden no, spoons like, in the spatulas? It's like a trophy. So it's, it's not like the Stanley Cup where you can like right. dump Uh-oh. stuff in it. That's too bad. You're going to have to put ranch dressing over it. Yeah. <laughs> you can lick the ranch dressing off of it. Uh, so one guy who was in contention, but he was far off. Everyone was far off for Lowry because he won by six strokes is uh, Brooks Kepka, who has uh, really developed this whole uh, personality about him. A, he's just crushing it in majors where he's won a bunch of them recently. He always has top 10 finishes, had another one here. But he's also known for being a very fast player. And so there are some guys on the tour like J.B. Holmes, who he was paired with on Sunday, who are very slow players who drive him nuts. I just always play my I mean, I'm ready to go most of the time. It's That's what I don't understand. Um, you know, when... It's your turn to hit. Your glove's not on, and then then you start thinking about it. That's that's where the problem lies. It's it's not that he, he takes that long. It's just the problem. He doesn't do anything till it's his turn. Um, you know that that's the frustrating part. But he's not the only one that does it out here. So he's saying that while the other guy's golfing, he could be figuring out what he's going to do instead of waiting until it's his turn. Yeah, he could be putting literally on his golf glove and getting just getting set to take your shot, which I can. Relate because, like, you know, well, how many, like, you, like, I was at the like, grocery a couple weeks ago, and you're in the like the fast line, you know, like eight items or less. Yeah. Dude in front of me was not putting his food onto the conveyor belt to move it <laughs> forward. And you're just like, you're like, there's people in front of you. What are you doing? You're not doing anything. Yeah. Put your food on the conveyor belt. <laughs> or, or they scan everything through. And they're like, how are you going to pay for that? Oh, hold on. I don't know. Let me get my wallet out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've got a card in here somewhere. It's like, you're just standing there doing nothing while she scanned all your groceries, idiot. You're lined up at Tim Hortons. And then you got like the lines for forever. You got some doofus in front of you not doing anything. And he gets up there. Yeah. Oh, well, like, Please uh, have your order ready before you get to the counter. Guys, we're basically professional athletes <laughs> at this point. Can we can relate. We can so relate with these guys. <laughs> I'm just looking at a picture of uh, the, the British Open trophy, and it does look like you could pour ranch dressing out of it, actually, Devin. On second... It's almost like I got a gravy boat on top of it, right? <laughs> it okay. does. Maybe a little, uh, a little gravy boat. Yeah. You could pour... No wonder you'd keep it in the kitchen. Look it, at that thing. It kind of looks like a martini shaker. You know what I mean? looks like a martini shake, shaker with a gravy boat on top of yeah. it. So there you go. Congratulations again to Shane Lowry. He also got $2 million, which is nice. That'll go, uh, that'll go nicely. You yeah. can buy a lot of gravy with that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a lot of, a lot of gravy. Gravy train. <laughs> uh, who, was the, who last week, which golfer, Dev, Shot like a 13 or a 14 at the British Open on one hole. It was uh, David Duvall, who on the entire round ended 20 over. 
Oh, that's like a Taz score. But that's, uh, I've, I've, I've no, that's never. still that's still way better than I can do. <laughs> I was thinking one twenty. <laughs> it it was the whole uh, from hell, basically for him. What did he say about it? What was his so, quote? His quote afterwards: "It was a god awful nightmare." <laughs> <laughs> what was happening? He just he put, kept on hitting the he water. Played, hazard, he or? played the wrong ball. He played the other guy's ball. Oh my so God. Uh, first off, this was a par five, so it's a hard hole to begin with. His first shot. Went into the rough, lost the ball, had to tee off again. Second shot into the rough, lost that one. Third tee shot, goes and hits it, finally doesn't lose the ball. Goes, plays it, gets hits a nice shot up just short of the green. They get there, and one of the caddies in the group says, hey, is that actually your ball? And so what had happened was he hit the wrong ball. Driving range ball. So he went, to, probably, <laughs> yeah, something the was there. stripes on it. <laughs> he went back to the area to try and find the ball where he thought it was, couldn't find it. So he had to go back to the tee a fourth time and tee off. And then it took him like six strokes just to finish the hole anyway. So you got uh, a two-stroke penalty for playing the wrong ball on top <laughs> of all the penalties you get for just losing the ball. <sighs> I can relate again. I've been there. Except except after eight strokes, you pick up your ball. Except I play the wrong ball on purpose and hope nobody notices. <laughs> if you think bad, that's, if you think bad, that's you what he was doing, it's it. like, if you hit it into the weeds and then you find another ball and you're like, oh, okay, I'll just... <laughs> found it, guys. Don't worry. I don't lose a stroke here. Yeah. Well, like, what's the other caddy doing? Like, you know, like, the guy is already, you know, he's losing the hole. He's David Duvall. He struggles. Like, he hasn't been, like, a major force in golf for, like, what, 10 years, 12 years? Are you saying that other caddy shouldn't have ratted him out? Yes. He should have just kept his mouth shut. Well, what if, what if he came back and ended up winning the tournament then, and then you would have the burden of, of that secret over your head for the rest of your life, where you should have done your due diligence, your caddy duty, and ratted him out? For playing the wrong ball, you didn't do it. And now he's walking away with the gravy boat and the $2 million. It's a jerk move. I don't know. It's the rules. Uh, yeah. It's professional golf. It's well, a jerk. It's not like David Duvall's all of a sudden going to start and cheat. Like, like the guy is, like, he, he probably shouldn't have even been in the tournament to begin with. He was not going to win. But was he like, uh, Marshall, Marshall, can we get a ball check? Or was he like, is that even your ball? It kind of depends on how he called him out. Because he could have just been talking out loud or thinking out loud. Was he catty about it? <laughs> <laughs> Saturday was the 50th anniversary of the day that uh, humans first landed on the moon. Hmm. Or was it? <laughs> According to a new survey, 20% of Americans believe the moon landing was faked. Hmm. Only 59% are sure it definitely happened. Which side are you on, Jim? I'm pretty sure it happened, mm-hmm. but I love all the conspiracies. Like I love all the speculation. It's fun to it's fun to talk about. It's fun to analyze. I believe it happened. Yeah, I be, I believe it happened, but I wouldn't put it past a government. The, the thing with the I, it's just the secrets are, would be way too hard to keep for this long. You got to think there'd be an old guy on on his deathbed at some point going, "Hey, I saved all the evidence." And, and the uh, the outtakes of when we faked that moon landing in that mm-hmm. Hollywood studio. At some point, somebody's going to... The number of people that would have to be involved in that, in that scam yeah. would be enormous. And eventually, there would be concrete evidence out there. Yeah. 
or have enough people been murdered? You know, the people who did talk. Like my favorite thing is the Shining movie. They, it's it's like they think that uh, in the movie The Shining, there's a bunch of uh, real hints, ghosts. No, a bunch of hints that the moon landing was fake because Stanley Kubrick uh, supposedly Apparently directed the moon landing, yeah. right? And this is him letting everybody know uh, through a series of hints that it's all fake. Hold on. Is that guy having relations with a stuffed rabbit? The moon landing was faked. <laughs> Elevators full of blood? Fake moon landing. Oh, there's a little kid on a trike and he has an Apollo 11 sweater on. Oh, and faked. faked. <laughs> well, the people who believe, you'll find this very surprising, the people who believe that the moon landing was faked are also more likely to believe other popular conspiracy theories. 58% of people who think the moon landing was fake also believe Barack Obama was born in Kenya. 59% of them believe vaccines cause autism. 36% of people who think the moon landing is fake believe the earth is flat. Mm. Where's the, the flat earth guy been? We, had, we used to have a flat earth guy who'd call in all the time. He's been missing lately. Yeah, he called us a few times and his dad called us and said, my son's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 63% of people who believe the moon landing was faked also believe that Hillary Clinton is running a devil-worshipping child sex trafficking ring out of a pizza place's basement. Mm -hmm. Well, that one, I agree with. Yeah? <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of them also would agree with the caller we had on the air last week. Uh, this, is, this is the new hottest conspiracy that we are trying to push out onto the internet. Um, Area 51, when in September, when they, they raid Area 51, and uh, obviously they're going to get in there. They can't stop them all, and they're going to get the doors open. They're not hiding aliens at Area 51. They're hiding dinosaurs. They've been hiding dinosaurs. <laughs> and I think, there is, I think there is aliens, but it takes aliens to hide them. I'm thinking that if you had humans in there, the, the dinosaurs would have escaped long ago. It takes somebody with non-human <laughs> that would go in there and stay the protocol. Stay that way. Stay and say these are dinosaurs. You do not want those things out in the in the uh, main um, society, especially if you got flying dinosaurs and stuff. I swear to God, I think they've got dinosaurs in there. Yeah, and aliens. That aliens are the security guards <laughs> keeping the dinosaurs in Area Fifty One. I well prove us wrong. If if they're not in Area Fifty One, where are all the dinosaurs? Good point. Mm -hmm. It's called logic, people. And I went up to Stratford on Friday. Saw the the play at the festival there. Uh, Billy Elliot. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of it? Little dancing kid. Little dancing kid. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that kid. He could dance. There's a couple kids. You're really dancing it up in there. It's yeah. very impressive to see. The production was fantastic. Uh, Stratford, fun place to walk around if you don't mind getting lost. <laughs> what? Have you ever heard of uh, streets running parallel downtown Stratford? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what? Every street's on a different angle. You can't figure out where you're going. 
What happened? I know the street you're talking about where it's like the intersection and there's like two sets of lights back to back. Yeah. Erie Street, I think. We were we were leaving the play and my wife was driving because I had a couple of beers with dinner. She's pregnant, so she was sober. She only had one. <laughs> <laughs> she only had a bottle of wine. <laughs> and and we're trying to get out of there and I was giving her directions. I was the navigator. And we had a beautiful evening, a nice dinner at Pizza Bistro. Recommend that restaurant if you're ever in town. Went to Black Swan uh, Brewing Company for a pint of beer. Fantastic. And uh, the night was almost ruined because of a fight we, uh, we nearly got into when I was giving directions to uh, Uli. I was like, okay, turn right at the next street. And then she proceeds to drive by the next street. And I said, what are you doing? Like, uh, uh, turn around. Like, that was the next street. She's like, no, that was, that was this street. The next street is the one after. And I said, mm. no, that's the one after. Wait, so, no, ho- wait, hold on. If you're driving and you tell someone to turn right at the next street. Yeah. What does that mean to you, Jim Kelly? It, it depends how far away I am from the current street. Because cause if you, let's say, let's take away streets from this. If it's the upcoming weekend, you say it's this weekend, or you say it's next weekend. This weekend means like if it's a Thursday that it's this weekend, oh and, and then God. the next weekend will be the weekend after. So it matters how far away you are from the street when you say turn right on the next street. Yeah, because... It, it's not the next street you see. To, why me, would, to me, it's the next street you see, you turn right. No, because that's this street. Oh, no, it's not. That's the, that's the street after. But the next street implies that there's a street before it. Because why would you say next? The next one you see. The next street we you're able to turn right on, turn right. Why don't you say turn here? I could have, and in the future I will. <laughs> there's because also- apparently the next street doesn't mean to my wife the same thing that it means to me. There's a, also a big green sign that says London. Sure. No, we missed that one. Oh. So I was already frustrated because we had <laughs> we had missed a couple of turns, and then I had to get the the Google Maps out, and I said, turn right at the next street, and then we missed another street, and then we're in the middle of nowhere and had hmm. to turn around and head back. Hmm. Hi, FM 96. Hi, I think you should have said, Tur- take the next right. Take the next right. Yeah, but that would mean Jim. Your would next that? Right. Yeah, would that be the the next right, or would it be the one after? Uh, I feel like we're getting more complicated. Turn at this street. Here we go. Yeah, honey, right here, here, here. That is what I said when we were passing the street. I was like, <laughs> That's a, no, no, what, what are you doing? She, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying. Once hard. we turned around and we got out of the situation, we had a good laugh about it. Yeah. However, things were pretty tense for a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Turn right at the next street means turn at the next street. Hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> if you're coming up the street, you say turn at this street. If it's the next one, you say turn at the next one. What's not, the difference? Not this one, the next one. So the, 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 the next street is called this street. Yeah, that's right. And the one after is called the next street. Now you got it. Oh, yeah. there's where the confusion <laughs> lies. The logic makes sense because he says, not this one, the next one. So that's exactly how you would have to say it, right? This street, the next street. Oh, next time I'm not having beers at dinner and I'm just going to drive <laughs> myself.
Wait, do you mean next time you go for dinner or the time after? Wanna see you Time for sports with Devin Peacock and an emotional induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame on the weekend. Yeah, emotional, uh, bittersweet as Roy Halladay was inducted into Cooperstown two years after he uh, got the uh, call for St. Mary's in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. He, of course, died in November 2017 when the uh, plane that he was uh, flying crashed into the Gulf of Mexico. So it was left up to his wife, Brandy, to speak for him uh, yesterday in New York. A special thanks to all these men behind me who I can't look at because I'll cry again. This is not my speech to give. I'm going to do the best I can to say the things I believe Roy might have said or would have wanted to say if he was here today. Roy was blessed in his life and in his career to have some perfect moments, but I believe that they were only possible because of the man he strived to be, the teammate that he was, and the people he was so blessed to be on the field with. I'm so humbled to say congratulations to this year's Hall of Fame inductees, to say thank you to all of you on Roy's behalf. Oh, man, that's got to be tough to do. But she handled herself pretty well up there. She did very well. And it's it's uh, unfortunate for many different reasons. Uh, Roy wasn't there to uh, experience that and and get what, uh, you know, he really deserved. He was a Hall of Famer because we kind of got a glimpse into the personality behind him that you never saw when he was playing because he was always kind of gruff. He kept his distance from the media. He wasn't very outspoken. And so when he spoke two years ago, ago in St. Mary's, he gave an eight-minute speech, but for half of it, he was just cracking jokes, and this one part was just like the absolute kicker to the entire speech. I remember the last start that I made right before I got sent to A-ball, and uh, I remember in the first inning, you know, there's a couple hitters on base already, guys are running around, they're stealing bases on me, down 2 nothing. pitching coach comes out, and he says, you know what, I think I figured it out, and I said, what's that, coach? And he said, there's a point in every game where things go bad for you. And I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a national anthem. God <laughs> just eating it up. That, uh, that was frustrating. Um, but, you know, the, the struggle continued. And uh, the second inning, I got myself in another jam. And he comes out and he says, uh, Roy, he says, I don't know if you're just stupid or ignorant. And I said, Coach, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm back out for the third inning. And after my second or third home run that inning, and there's smoke flying around the field and nobody can see, it looks like fog setting in and the pitching coach comes out again <clears throat> by this time I've had enough of the wisdom <laughs> and uh, I said coach please whatever you have to say just just keep it to yourself <laughs> he says Roy I got nothing to say to you I'm giving the guy time to reload his fireworks <laughs> <laughs> Roy Halliday being inducted into the St. Mary's Baseball Hall of Fame. Now a Hall of Famer in Cooperstown as well. A true Hall of Famer indeed. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.